think I would like to see people just like embracing others more often. You know, I think we, I think we, we tend to walk around with our heads down in our, in our phones and we tend, even if our heads aren't down, we tend to just not acknowledge other people because we think our agenda is more important or we're in a rush to get somewhere. So I think I'd like to see more of just a, an ease with like our society and in, in, in a, and just like a, 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 a more of an attraction to, to connect with others and, and, in a, in a sense of like um, intrigue to want to find out how someone else is doing and want to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's easy just to not do it because you don't want to, you don't want to branch out. Like if you're on the subway, for example, you don't want to, you don't want to like talk to the guy next to you. Cause you just, you'd rather look at your phone or you feel like you might say something stupid or that guy might not respond to what you're saying. So I think we let fear get in our, in the way of us so much. So, so maybe it's just like learning to not take those little interactions we have with people for granted and, and, and to embrace them more and just to see how special they really are. Because I mean, we're all in isolation right now. So I, I would hope that some people are, are, treating this time as, as a way to like reflect on those little moments of, of just like sending love to someone that you don't know. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Look Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Weinstein. Today is May 15th, 2020, and we are coming up on the tail end of quarantine in many places around the world, including uh, the United States, certain states, although my home state of New York and California are still on lockdown. uh, So we'll see what happens there. A couple of weeks back, I had the opportunity to record this episode uh, with Michael Temrovsky, also known as Quinn92, a touring artist on my good friend Jesse Corrin's management label, which is called Mutual Friends Management. Uh, Mike and I had reconnected at Jesse's wedding, which was the weekend before the whole world kind of fell into this spiral and everyone went into uh, social distancing and quarantine mode. And luckily, nobody at the wedding ended up getting sick. We were super lucky. But Mike and I chatted there and and decided that it would make a lot of sense for us to sit down and have this conversation on the show. And as Mike says in this episode, you know, this is, he's been creating music for the last 10 years. He's on Columbia Records. He's selling out amphitheaters like uh, Red Rocks Arena and doing huge shows, uh, Terminal, maybe not Terminal 5 in New York, but Webster Hall. Is Terminal 5 even still in existence? I don't know. Um, anyways, he, he and Jesse, the rest of Jesse's crew, Chelsea Cutler um, and Jeremy Zucker were on tour called the Mutual Friends Tour. Um, they had sold out a ton of dates. It was supposed to be this summer and it got shut down because of quarantine. And so one of the reasons I wanted to speak with Mike was to discuss his experience as a recording and touring artist over the last eight weeks and what it means to him in the music industry uh, that, you know, the touring industry may never be the same and understand his perspective. But what was pleasantly surprising about this episode is that we didn't spend much time actually talking about those subjects. Mike brings a contagious positivity to all of his interactions with other people, uh, a sincerity on a path towards self-discovery and joy that I think is truly inspiring. And so 
While this episode could have gone a lot of different directions, we spent most of our time talking about things like gratitude and manifestation, how faith can lead to success and how important our own perspective is on life and shaping that perspective, which is within our control. So a lot of themes that we've covered uh, previously on Look Up, and for me, this is really what this platform is about, what this podcast is about, is about whether you're a successful musician or an entrepreneur that sold your company for hundreds of millions of dollars or a professor at NYU or just an individual like me without potentially huge accolades to speak of, but just exploring our own path and our own journey in life, um, we share so much in common. And so through the experiences of the unique individuals that I bring on this show, I hope to highlight that shared humanity and some of the tools that we can use to really improve our own experience of this reality. Enhance, maybe is a better word, our own experience of this reality. And so as always, before I start one of these episodes, I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for listening along. I'm humbled that so many of you are reaching out and this is having a positive effect on your life. And as Mike says, if it's only one person that this show affects, then it will have been worth it. And so, yeah, I really hope you enjoy this conversation and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. So drop me some emails on this, comments on the social media posts, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you all so much. Welcome to the Look Up Podcast. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. This is I've been checking out all the stuff on, on Instagram and and uh, and like the videos. And we were just talking off air. Like I know you don't post a lot of videos, but I actually really enjoy the videos and like seeing the people you get to speak with and like just the human interaction, you know. So um, but yeah, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I just I started getting more comfortable with YouTube and getting more comfortable with seeing myself on video. Um, and so, if you know, usually if I'm in person, I'll capture some some with the iPhone and put some videos up. Like Blue, who I just mentioned uh, before when we were off air, she she led me through a meditation in one of the episodes, and I had that video, which was just so perfect—a meditation on trust, which is so crucial right now. And I want to just get this out of the way, so like. Can I call you Mike or, or do I stick with Quinn 92? For listening, yeah. I mean, like. I don't want to dox you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine, dude. I mean, you and I know each other, so please call me Mike. Yeah, I, I kind of like whenever I meet, whenever I like become close enough with someone, I'm, I, I always just kind of insist, like, please don't refer to me as like Quinn. It just kind of yeah. freaks me out. You just don't, you don't have to do it. So, yeah. Well, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the origins of, of, Quinn? of Quinn? Where'd that come Where'd that from? Come from? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so the name is a the name is an acronym that stands for "Quit Unless Your Instincts Are Never Neglected." So, mm-hmm. I came up with that back in back in college when I was when I was pursuing music, but I was looking for a kind of a better artist name because my name's Mike, mm-hmm. last name's T, starts with a T, and I went by Mike T, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's cool," but I mean, it's kind of nickname ish, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really sound bad, and you already have iced tea, right? So yeah, I already had some competition. 
Yeah. So I think uh, I wanted to come up with something. I wanted a name that, that not only that I liked, but also stood for something that I really believed in. And I think this acronym just kind of, in my eyes, symbolizes how if you just have something that you really are passionate about and you have an instinct to go for it, um, and you and you might be nervous, you might be scared of, of what the future holds with that path, but as long as you feel good about it, it gives you joy. I really try to urge people just to, to, to follow that instinct because I think as cliche as it might sound, I just I really just do think life is too short not to not to not to run with that feeling and, and, and pursue it as much as you can. So um, yeah, I'm super lucky that music's been able to work out for me and, and that name is it's been cool explaining that name to people because I think it gives them a little bit more of a it gives me more of an identity, I think, as a person and it lets them see a little bit more into into me as 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 not only just a musician but it's just a guy who is <laughs> is trying to survive on you know earth and do it as best as I can. So uh, uh, yeah, cool. And then the '92 was just the year I was born. So got it. Yeah, I mean, we're that's so beautifully put. I mean, we're all just trying to get by. We're all trying to survive, and um, it's so. I, I love this. This is the first time that I've had um, a musician uh, on on the podcast, you know, and and a successful one at that, a famous one, and. It's, uh, there's so much that I want to talk to you about in that regard, because to the point of your name, when you created that name, you had no idea the level of success that you would, you would have in the industry. Um, and now, you know, here you are selling out major amphitheaters across the country. And I know you had, uh, I believe a sold out Red Rock show with, with Chelsea Cutler and Jeremy Zucker and, and your, your friends and, the way we met for listeners is through your manager, the wonderful Jesse Corin, and we we connected uh, again at his wedding, like the day before <laughs> coronavirus quarantine kicked in. Maybe the last thing you could do before all this happened. He's such a lucky dude. I love Jesse. He always he always has like he's got a horseshoe up his ass, man. Like the last wedding possible before quarantine is Jesse. <laughs> Unbelievable and well deserved. Yeah, no, that was great. Shout out to Jesse and Becca. Uh, yeah, <laughs> funny man. Yeah, that was good times. It was super fun, and um, and yeah, I mean Jesse's an incredible person, and obviously he, you know, you and he and you connected uh, while you were still in college. So while you were kind of growing into the artist that you become, and you know. I know for Jesse, it was the beginning of his career as a manager and to watch you two grow together has been as a friend, you know, and, and a newer friend with you, like it's been exceptional to watch the growth and just so, so joyful for, for all of you and the whole crew. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to lean in a little bit though, because you probably had no idea that you'd be in this place today. Is that, is that accurate or did you really see it? No, that's a pretty fair, that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, I would say, but do you know what's funny is you're totally right in, in saying that because I, uh, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think I would ever imagine that I could have ever imagined I should say that I would, I would be able to do the things I've done already and it's such a blessing. But I, I really do believe I always had a feeling inside that this oddly was going to work out. So while I, while I'm saying that it it's shocking and it's 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 like it's the greatest surprise ever and I'm so happy and fortunate. 
I also still had this feeling of like, I just like in my gut, like I, I can remember graduating from Michigan state and like working a cubicle job at an insurance company and just being so unmotivated and so just like down in the dumps for being there. And, and I could tell, I, I just knew that like a corporate thing wasn't my, wasn't the way my life was supposed to kind of go in that direction. And even, even in, amidst that time in my life, I was still super confident. Like something in me was deep down, like telling me like, it's, you know, the music stuff's going to work out. Just give it time. Mm. And it was more of a feeling than, than anything. Um, so I don't know if you want to, if, if that was like God speaking or, or it was just the universe kind of comforting me. But like, I really do believe that like, I always had this like sense of ease with music and almost you could say it was like a confidence that it was just going to work out. I still, that being said, I still sit here today talking to you and I'm like, this is crazy. You know, I <laughs> just, we were just saying I just moved into a house here in Venice. Like, I, like it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm super blessed, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I, I kind of had that. Maybe it goes back to the name, you know, the, the, the acronym about just having like an instinct, but I think maybe that was it. Like just kind of like comforting me and, and giving me the courage to continue pushing along, even though sometimes it wasn't like the greatest days and I kind of thought things weren't really going anywhere with it. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's very interesting actually that you asked that. Cause, cause that's super it, it is super interesting, and I'm I'm fascinated by this concept of, you know, of manifestation. Uh, I had a conversation, and she keeps coming up, but she's just a wonderful human, um, Blue Cosmic Eagle, who has her her podcast Deja Blue, and uh, I invited her on to interview, and we talked about like, do you believe that anything is possible? And it's fascinating because my response was like, I, I don't, you know, like I don't believe that anything is possible because I feel like we're bounded by certain laws of nature. And, um, and with this latest, and since then, you know, this coronavirus situation has happened. And if I had said two months ago that the entire world's population essentially would be sent to their rooms by an invisible, you know, pathogen that uh, could kill you, you'd have said I was fucking nuts. Uh, and if I told you that almost 20, you know, almost 25% of Americans would be out of a job in a month, you'd tell me I was nuts. And so I have this sense that if anything is possible on, uh, the, on that front, like towards the, the, the shocks, the fear shocks, then anything is possible on the other side. And I'm tapping in more to teachers like Joe Dispenza uh, to Deepak Chopra, who described this unified field of potentiality and that all manifestations of ourselves and our reality are available to us if we simply believe in them. And the word that you use that really struck me is ease. Because the prayers of the great masters are not them sitting on their hands and knees looking at the sky shaking and begging for God or the universe to provide them with something. It's a certain elevated knowingness that what they already know to be true will happen. And the only thing separating them from that reality is time, which in and of itself is, is um, potentially an illusion. I'm, I'm actually reading Deepak Chopra's book, the seven spiritual laws of success. And, um, 
I'm only like, I think it's like, I'm only like three laws into the book. So I guess you could say three chapters, but um, I already kind of understand what you're talking about in, in the sense of pure potentiality. That was one of the first things I, I learned. And, um, and yeah, you, you said that that word ease kind of struck you when I was describing my like first kind of years of just figuring out what as like a professional, like if this is going to work out for me. And, and you're right. Like, I don't know how much more I can elaborate on it, but it is like this feeling of comfort and just knowing it was going to work out. And it's a weird thing because now that it has, I, I often kind of look back on things that I was think, feeling in that time. And, and I think that strengthens my like spirituality more because it just confirms that what I was experiencing then was, was part of something bigger and was part of, I kind of have a little bit more answers to it. You know, obviously there's still so much more I'm still discovering, but this is just one little like example of kind of those feelings I had, they were, they're, they're validated. And then and there's some, there was something to it actually, because I'm, I'm, I'm now living what I wanted to live. I, I'm, I'm, I now have that, job I always wanted, you know, and I have, you know, everything I really like prayed for as a kid is like starting to kind of unveil itself and without sounding too like conceited, but like that really is so powerful to me to, to kind of just know that what I was asking for is, is slowly becoming a reality. And Mm. that gives me, that gives me more confidence to dive into my spirituality because it's, I don't think I needed, I, I needed like evidence, but I, it, it just feels that fire more, I guess you could say to want to, to want to dive deeper and like really, and that really actually helped grow my, like my, my, my relationship with God. And, um, you know, I was raised, I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't, my family wasn't very strong in practicing it. Like we'd go to church on Easter and the holidays, but it wasn't something we would do every Sunday. And now my, my wife, my wife, um, comes from a very strong, uh, Christian family. And I've noticed that through getting to know her, I've just been able to kind of like open up more as like a religious person and, and kind of get that relationship with God back. And, um, and yeah, I think this, this, it's funny how just little things that, that have happened in my life are, are bringing me back more to this conversation that we're having about spirituality and just like making me really, I don't want to say buy into it, but just making me believe, realize, yes, believe, realize the importance of it, realize it's, it's, it's actual effects. Um, yeah. And like that faith, I guess is, is just, is really, it's really strengthened over the years. Um, yeah. And I want to lean into a few things that you just mentioned. Uh, the first point that struck me was, you know, this, this necessary due to, due to like the way that our culture is set up, this kind of necessary pause of, you know, I don't want to sound conceited. And it's like, why do we have to present that to make others feel comfortable with our individual success? Like why, why are, as Marianne Williamson says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, it is that we are great beyond measure. And, um, you know, like, I think that what people need right now is evidence that miracles exist all around us. 
more than anything. And, you know, you did not have evidence when you were graduating from university and working that insurance job and grinding it out at night to produce your albums with Jesse hustling around for you. You didn't, you hadn't yet received evidence that what you knew to be true, what you believed in what you were manifesting in your career, um, would ever happen. And so you always held that, that belief. And I'm sure that there were moments of darkness and moments of doubt, because I think we all experienced that. Um, and, and stop me if there weren't, because, you know, that's, that's important too. There's, there still are, you know, there's mm-hmm. still doubts everywhere. Um, but please, yeah, keep going. Cause I, I know no, I like what you're saying. No, I was, and I was going to say, it's so funny because this quote from, um, I've got an image of Yogananda sitting on my desk. Uh, he was one of the first yogis to bring the practice to the West. His guru, Babaji, his, his guru's guru, who apparently just like disappeared into a cave in the Himalayas. And for those of you that are listening along, you'll know that I referenced this in the last episode because I also carry around this card of Babaji and you can see him. He's kind of like a Christ-like figure. Excuse me. And there's some quotes from him on the back of this card. And one of the quotes is that truth is for the earnest seekers, not for those of idle curiosity. It's easy to believe when one sees. No soul searchings are then necessary. Supersensual truth is deservedly discovered by those who overcome their natural skepticism. So it's funny because I, I experience doubt all the time. And like, particularly when it comes to this podcast, even I'm just like, okay, I'm going through the motions. I'm doing the work. I'm releasing episodes. You know, and there's that kind of like masculine energy, that drive, you know, you just, you just released a new single, you have a new album coming out this week. And I want to talk to you about that as well. That drive pushes us forward to create new. Um, but also it's like, okay, there's also that element of ease and, re- and receiving. So for me with the podcast, it's like, I'm doing all of the work, but I also want on a conscious level, on a metaphysical level, to be able to pull back and say, everything is happening for me as it needs to happen in its time. And if I really care about the audience and community that's listening to this to grow, I need to understand why I want it to grow. And I believe that it's because the people that I'm speaking to, like you, have an important voice and important wisdom to share with as broad a community as possible. And not everyone that comes onto this podcast has a platform that they can share from already. So but it's, you know, for me, it's like, sometimes I, I don't have the belief, like I say, okay, people ask me what's your goal for this podcast. I'm like, well, I want to reach as many people as possible. I want to be in the top 10% of podcasters, you know, out there right now. I want to grow the audience. I want to do this for a living. And this is my greatest passion. Every time I have a conversation like this, I'm just like, wow, this is, this feels so good. It feels so right to me. It's like in my center this and, and teaching and sharing wisdom from, from great teachers like Babaji. Uh, and yet there's always, you know, there's always this doubt that I carry with me on a personal level, which might not show present itself in my social media feed and things like that. I try to be transparent about these feelings, but there's always like a question like, will it? There's so many podcasters out there, right? And in your case, there's so many hip hop artists out there and there's so many musicians out there even broader and so many aspiring musicians. And so when you look at the size of the field, it can be intimidating to say, I'm to believe 
I'm going to have that success, quote unquote, and reach reach the level that I I, I know that I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was very well said. I, I, part of what you said, I really, really relate to, um, you were saying how, you, you know, you obviously naturally want this to be a top 10 podcast and, you yeah. know, reach the masses. And, and that's amazing. You should have those goals, but I think, and I had the same, I still have that. I would be lying if I said I, I didn't want that for me as well. And as far as reaching as many people as possible and, and wanting my songs to be top 10 songs on the billboard charts and all that yeah. stuff and win Grammys and yeah, you know, like that stuff's great, obviously. But I think, and maybe it was honestly the, just the last couple of years, I just, I, I started to realize I was more in love with the idea as much as I thought I wanted all those accolades and, and part of me still does, but I, I, I started to realize that I've, I fell more in love with the ability to truly help people and really make an impact in their life for a positive, for, in a positive manner. Um, I, it, I, I often get like slews of messages from people via Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And I just get to kind of like dive into their personal problems they have and, and they get to tell me how, the music's helped them or it's helping them currently through something. And again, like I said, as much as it's cool to get accolades and accomplishments, like I really do believe, and I think it, like I said, it was only like the last couple of years where I started to realize this and maybe it was just because of, you know, naturally maturing. And I am now in a point in my life where I'm married and, you know, I, I feel more like an adult and I think I'm starting to have a, per- <laughs> I think I'm starting to have more of an adult like perspective. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm, I really am. I think I'm starting to see that that is such a more gratifying experience when you can help people. If, if, if I often say if one person is affected by it, I feel like I've done my job. And I think with you too, it's like, if you, if there's just one person on the other end of this conversation we're having being like, I need to hear that. What more can you really ask for? You know? And, and I think we get so swept up as a society of like not wanting or, or always wanting more, not having enough. And I think if you really just minimize it. It's like, you're getting your point across or you're, you're doing what you were meant to do on this earth. If, if someone is affected by it, you know, it doesn't need to be trillions of people, you know, it doesn't need to be a top five thing or whatever. It's just, it's just, you know, if there's voices out there that are being spoken for, I really think that is like all we need to worry about as creators, as yourself and mine. And so I try to remind myself of that as much as possible. Yeah, that reminder, the one that you, you said, that's, that's what I constantly remind myself is if this reaches one person, if this recording right now reaches one person that needs to hear what we're talking about, then it will have been worth it. Even if that person is my mom and, you know, holler Elaine, like I'm always shouting around, you got to meet her at the wedding. I think maybe for like one of like a thousand people there, but, um, you know, like that's, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. I, I often, when people talk and I agree with what they're saying, I always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like no, it's, it's, no, not at all. Not at all. You don't have to stop doing anything. I was just, I, I thought you had something coming through that you, you wanted to share. And I, um, I feel that though. I really feel that if this, if this reaches the ears of one person that needs to hear it, then the work has been done and it's, it was necessary. And, and oftentimes these conversations are medicine for me. 
So I might, I might even just be the one person that needs to hear this right now, you know, and, and that, that could also be enough. So I find a lot of my conversations come back to kind of this balance of creativity and the creative drive of what I describe as the masculine energy of, of shaping the universe around us versus the receptivity and the, the openness and the flow of the feminine and how we can, we can, as individuals, whether we're men or women, I don't mean to say that the masculine is for men, the feminine is for women. I think we both carry and, and have the capacity to integrate those attributes. Um, and it's necessary to, as a creator to, to strike a balance between the ambition. And because if you were all receptivity, if you were all flow, flow and, and openness and just let things happen as they were, you wouldn't create albums. You wouldn't have your next album coming out. There's a certain discipline to getting your ass in the studio and recording and sitting down and writing um, that I think is crucial. One thing I wanted to I, I wanted to touch on as well. Oh yeah, so this other point that you made about service. So that's another theme that continues to come up in this podcast. I had a gentleman on um, a few weeks ago. Well, we recorded in November, but his name's Bill Brown, and he's the executive director of the Prison Yoga Project. This is a man that goes into solitary confinement in San Diego and teaches yoga classes to like the five or six guys that are in, you know, isolation and other classes as well there. And it has a hugely positive impact. And he said the transition in his life, like one of the shifts was when he moved from in Buddhism, it's called the Hinayana path to the Mahayana path. And the Mahayana path is the path of service. And so, and it's not like, what I'm realizing is we don't have to shift our actions to service. We just have to shift our perspective. Mm -hmm. And so you've already done that, which is so cool. That's very <laughs> fascinating. Wow. Yeah, you're right. It's just a perspective. I think that's so interesting because like it, I think more often than not, everyone just needs a perspective shift. They don't necessarily need a, 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 a change in action, you know? And I think we, as people, we, we, we as, as humans, we like, we have all the power to do that. And we, it's, it, everything is just a, it's just how we perceive the world is, we will feel how we perceive the world. And I think if, if more people realize it's just, it's just a shift in perception I love that you said that because I think it really is so powerful. Like, I think some people think that they need to, you know, if they don't, it, it, some people might think they're underdogs because they don't have enough connections in an industry that they want, or they come from a, a, a poverty, a family of poverty and they don't, they, they can't go to college or something. And, and we get so caught up in the materialistic, like deficits that we might find ourselves in. But as long as you like have that correct perspective, you're already ahead of everyone who might be in a more fortunate situation than you on a material like playing field, like as far as money and whatever. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, it's such a, I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's so, it's so true. It's just, it's really all about just how you, and again, I think, I think fans of mine might be listening to this because I don't think they've heard me speak in this way in, ever, but I, Wow. That's so awesome. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting the, uh, <laughs> you're, Thank you you're getting for, the exclusive for sharing yourself with your, with your fans and with, with this community. 
Of course, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it's really, it's really lately, it's become a really big part of my life. And, um, but no, back to what I was saying, it's just, I think for people, for fans of mine listening, I think they, you know, I often say that sounds cliche. That sounds cliche. And I, I need to, I need to, I need to, I think I need to work on that because I think the most cliche things that we discuss, like there's a reason we, there's a reason we say the same things because they're true, you know? And I think when I say it's a shift in perception, I think a lot of people might be like, well, okay, like I can stay positive, but that's not going to change the fact that I have a bunch of bills that need to be paid or I don't have a, a, I don't know, a car, a high school diploma. And, and the minute you start pitying yourself like that, you're letting your ego get in place and you're letting your mind just become a prison of, of thought. And it's, it's, it really isn't more than just a, a shift in perspective. I, I, I don't know. I, I keep harping that term, but like I'm since, since you said it, I, it kind of just sparked more inspiration to me about how important that is to like, let people know. It's just, it really is all about like how you perceive your surroundings and, and the world itself, because the world will give you everything that you want from it. As long as you look at it the way that you want to. Um, so yeah, I, I agree entirely. And I think, you know, from where you're sitting as an artist, you could be sitting there looking around at your peers and comparing yourself to every other hip hop artist or every other person that's out there and saying, why don't I have this? Or why don't I have that? And I, I do that. I do this meaningless exercise all the time, right? Where I go on social media and I'm like, Oh, that podcaster did that or that person, um, you know, <laughs> that that person who is on, in the fire festival documentary is getting all of this attention and I'm not. And like, that's real talk, you know, like that ego part of me is there. And, and I sometimes have to, to like, just beat it down. And, or you can say, wow, I'm massively, you know, I'm massively successful. I have everything that I need. And that happens, that happens at all levels. Like no matter if you are Bill Gates or if you're the poorest person and I, I speak coming from a place of massive privilege as someone that had a family that took care of him, that had a college education, that, you know, never wanted for anything financially. Um, I have struggled in my career to make ends meet, but I've always had that safety net. And so I am extremely privileged and I recognize that. However, you know, certain shifts that I've made that have been powerful for me are like, you know, this little abundance notebook that uh, is super tiny that I carry with me. And, you know, if I write something on medium and I get, you know, that month medium sends me a W nine for, you know, seven and a half cents from, from a post I write down in my little book, like I just got paid to write something. Yeah. You know, not like, Oh man, like why am I wasting my time posting on medium for seven and a half cents a month? Like that's stupid. And, and to be frank, like I used to do the latter. I used to say, wow, like I don't have enough, you know, like I, nothing, nothing is enough. And now I've kind of, it, it is that little shift of saying, okay, well, let's recognize what I do have. And that could be as simple as, wow, I have 10 fingers and 10 toes. I have my health. And as we come face to face with death in this coronavirus pandemic, and face-to-face with really frightening things like losing your livelihood and not being able to sustain your family, right? Like 25 million Americans in the last 30 days have lost their jobs. And like, that's real shit. And so it's hard to talk about this metaphysical kind of faith belief to an audience that's struggling, to people that are struggling, but there is truth in 
Well, if I take a moment and take a step back and sit in gratitude for what I actually do have, that can be really, really, um, really powerful. So speaking of, I mean, like, I'd love to take that as an opportunity to lean into, you know, the current situation that we're in and, and you as an artist, a touring artist who had sold out shows, like you had a sold out show at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado, like fucking massive scale show that is unbelievable fired up, you know, and, uh, <laughs> No, but that's what I'm saying. But like, you know, you could be sitting here and in a state of, man, like, what the fuck? Like, all these events have gotten canceled, right? And I, I want to I talk, I want to hear from the artist's perspective, from your perspective, what's, what this situation means for artists everywhere and for yourself personally. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for, I, I mean, I'll speak for me first because I... I can give you that answer and I, I can't, I don't know how everyone's taking this, um, this weird time. But for me, you know, like you said, at first I kind of, I kind of, uh, took the latter approach of being like the old way, the old me would be like, what the, like, what the hell? Like red rocks, you know, like headlining red rocks. Like that's something I've dreamed of doing. And, and, um, just for this imaginary flu to, to ruin that for me. Like, that's so unfair. And, and, you know, that was honestly, that was my initial reaction. And, um, I think I'm realizing that this whole time that we're in, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about how the quarantine has been, has, has empowered them to do things that they haven't had time for, you know, and that they can take up these hobbies that in their normal day-to-day lives, they just wouldn't have time for. And that's, that's great. And I, and I, I, I'm on the same page as that. Cause I've been reading more. I've been diving into my spirituality and my faith more. And so I really do, I really do believe that this is a, in, in my, in, in my opinion here, that, that, that this time was, was meant for me personally to dive deeper into just working on myself and, 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 and using this time as a reflection of the things that I've been able to accomplish and the things and the blessings that I have. And, 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 and again, just kind of slow down a bit. Um, I think there is a, again, in just, I don't know if you want to say just in a weird, like in, in the universe's humor or God's humor that, that <laughs> the cosmic joke is what Alan yeah. Watts calls it. The cosmic joke. Yeah. And I don't want to say that. I, let me, re, let me retract. Cause I don't want to say humor because I understand this is seriously impacting people. People are dying. People are losing their jobs. So, and I don't mean that. I, and I know you, you know that I, I don't mean it that way. No, but what I, I think what, anyone listening would, would know that you, you don't mean to minimize the severity of the situation, the lives lost and the jobs lost, but there is a certain, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways as people say, or, man plans and God laughs. Like, you know, (laughs) I feel you. So no, you're right. And so, and so just to further that more, I really do think that, you know, this just feels like a time for me to, to just to, to center myself more and to be able to get my, my, I guess, energy, like in a specific point, 
to where the next time I do go on tour, I will be looking at it back to that word perception and your, your, I, I, my perspective will be so much different. That's what I'm hoping at least, you know, I, I think I'm taking this time to really just like work on myself and know that, you know, eventually the stuff that I'm missing right now, it's going to come back. But what I want to happen is I want to go back to that. To, I want to go back to that every day of life with just such a stronger and richer appreciation. And I really mm. do think that like, there's that ease in me that we were talking about earlier. Like there's something in me that's just, that, that is, that is telling me that that is what this time is for. Um, well, I mean, just imagine what that feeling of getting up there on that stage at Red Rocks, because people like I am, I do not believe that we are going to stop congregating to experience art, you know, like things will change just as they check for weapons at events. They'll check, you know, for biometrics and they'll do, they'll do temperature readings and you'll have contact tracing and, all that stuff. And some people will be afraid to go, but man, just, I'm just thinking about you standing on that stage at Red Rocks, the homie Jesse biting his nails behind, <laughs> behind the curtain, super excited. And I just can imagine that <laughs> I can just see, I can just feel how much more powerful it will be and you will project that energy because of the appreciation that you hold for the pause that came for you to go in, in inside, do the work and then come out even better. And here you are, you know, releasing your art to the world anyways, because you're, you're dropping an album. I, I you just dropped your, your new single, um, which I, I couldn't find the name, man. I need to like get better. At no, well, well, no, actually, and not to correct you, but it comes out Friday. So you got time. Don't worry. It's called. Oh, great. Okay, it's called coffee. So by the time this comes out, it'll it'll have been released, and and the the album title was lessons to it's lessons to my younger self, right? A uh, a letter to my younger self. A letter to my younger self. Like how how beautiful is that? And like you're you're going to be speaking to your younger self from the stage, you know, when you start touring again. And being like, this is what it should have felt like to be on stage because I fucking appreciate this and it's amazing. Totally. <laughs> well, do you know what's, do you, do you know what's funny? <laughs> you're 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 one hundred percent right in saying that. Um, but you know what's funny is is a couple of things I want to touch on because I feel like the more we talk, the more I, the more answers are being like popped in my head. But I saw I saw a quote recently. Um, it was a I, and I I can't remember the band who had this it's the it's this lyrics to a song i can't remember who wrote this but it said it would be it'd be such a shame if we came out of this the same and i think like right now as as a time in my eyes it would be such a shame if we as like a population came out of quarantine with that same narrow-eyed perspective and that same lack of appreciation and gratitude so i just wanted to mention that for anyone listening who might find that interesting because i thought that was such a beautifully and i don't know if that song was written about quarantine i assume it wasn't but i think it parallels so fittingly with the times that we're in right now and we'll do we'll do a song check after the episode i'll put i'll put a link to that in the show notes for sure because people should hear that it sounds yeah um but no to say to to follow up what you said about you know i'm going to be on stage looking to the crowd speaking to my younger self and and finally like really relishing that moment um it's so funny you said that because I can remember I, I myself watching and not long ago watching artists 
have that moment where they some uh, an artist that friends with logic who's a rapper i saw he had a netflix special um it was a show called the rhapsody i don't know if you checked that out or not but you should it's great it kind of features it's like a 10-part series it features rappers every episode and just kind of gives a breakdown of their of their personal story and how they got to where they are and his episode specifically is really inspiring but i mentioned that because there's a scene in his interview where he just breaks down crying and 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 He's like, I've just been working so hard and it's finally hitting me. Like I'm, I, it, like, I'm just so blessed and I'm so fortunate. And it, 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 it's almost like you see him on camera having this like waking up moment. And I've, I've, I've yet to have that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in terms of like, like I just want to start crying because I'm so happy. That's not what I'm getting at. But I, I, I envy people that are able to kind of just have that like, car crash moment of like oh my gosh like i had like everything that i wanted is it's coming true you know and i think that this time to circle back to what we've been talking about i think this time of being in quarantine and this reflective like state that we're hopefully all in will help me get to that point eventually and hopefully it hopefully it's on stage hopefully it's it's so funny it's just so funny how how the world works because and the universe because yesterday we were supposed to record and, um, you know, your dog, by the way, how's your dog? He's good. He's good. I have a, for everyone listening, I have a puppy, a French or that French. Yeah. French, French bulldog. And, uh, without getting, without getting too vulgar, he just has really bad diarrhea. And <laughs> <laughs> that's all that happened. We What's his name? Of, his name's Timmy. So my fans might know Nelson and Timmy, I have two dogs. And so they, uh, French bulldogs just have like the worst battles with like health problems and stuff so we're this is like our third time to the vet like this year so um it's nothing new for us but anytime we do see something we just try to act on it as quickly yeah for sure so so we so we couldn't record yesterday and i have like a backlog of people that i want to speak to so i reached out to my friend danny um danny steiner who runs a um, holistic wellness platform for connecting wellness practitioners to people that need that uh called kensho and I asked him what Kensho meant. And Kensho is a Buddhist term that describes exactly what you're talking about. These little aha moments. It's like you haven't reached nirvana, which is kind of the perpetual state of Kensho, the never ending state of presence and um, loving awareness as Deepak you, would, would call you it. call that just like enlightenment? Is that another word for it? Yeah, so so nirvana is enlightenment. It's it's this it's a constant state of being uh, aware or present or um, deeply joyful. Uh, and all, very few masters, living masters, have that we know of have achieved this level of enlightenment or nirvana or in the yogic tradition um, samadhi. But in Buddhism, Kensho describes those brief moments where you taste enlightenment, where you taste it, that moment of a flow state, let's call it. Like you're on stage, but you're, you're fully present to the moment, but you're also outside of yourself. You're not living in your ego. You're not living in, in your thoughts. You're just, you're just flowing, but you're there. The way that Yogananda described it is it's like, it's like um, a dreamless sleep, but you're fully aware. And so uh, that's, that's, I just love the way that these, these conversations come together because just yesterday, I didn't know what Kensho was. 
right? And now here I am, and I knew about Samadhi and these other things, but like, you know, here you are describing these moments and I'm like, oh man, like can show. And we can go through life with unlimited success or unlimited failures and struggles and be completely unconscious to what's happening around us. As you said so beautifully, like this is an opportunity, this lockdown, this slowdown, Mother Earth saying go to your rooms is such an incredible opportunity for us to slow down and be present. And it can be so hard. It can be very hard. <laughs> but, but again, it's like we go back to what we were saying about man makes plans and God laughs. It's like maybe, maybe this was the only way for us to kind of center that collective consciousness and just kind of like mm. – and, and, and you know, I I don't have the answers. None of us do. But like, it it just it just it takes that like step forward of believing that mm. that it's the first thing you need. You know, you you can't achieve you can't achieve anything unless you don't put your foot your you know your 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 foot forward. And so I I think that's just how I view this. And and you know, it's, I think it is starting to help me. But um, what would you what would you like to see? kind of change or what would you in your imagination what could the new normal look like because there is a part of me that's like i think we're going to come out of this and now we're recording on april 29th most major cities that have been affected will be you know slowly releasing quarantine over the next couple of weeks and there's a part of me that believes that things will just go back to some semblance of the way that they were before that there's this other little spark inside of me, kind of similar to that belief that you had when you were first starting out your music career. That's like, things are going to be different. And there's going to be a much larger number of people that have come out of this with a new state of consciousness and awareness as to what changes have to be made. But I'm curious, you know, what, what you see that coming out of quarantine, what you would like to see embodied in, in your fans and your community and, and for, for your loved ones and those around you? Yeah, that's an amazing question. I, I, I have that. I mean, like, I'm glad you said that I have that optimistic, like spark in me that feels that while it might not be every single person, because I just don't think naturally everyone's going to get on board. I think a really big part of our population is going to come out of this with a, with a different, state of consciousness. And I mean that in the, in the sense of there's, there's very, there's varying degrees of, of how your perspective can change. But I think for, just to dumb it down for the most part, I think people will just have more gratitude for everything. Um, I know, I know I will. Um, I, I, I know a lot of my friends talking to will. Um, and so I'm optimistic. I go back to that word. I'm optimistic that most of us will come out of this quarantine with with just a better, a better, um, sense of gratitude for, for everything in our lives. But to answer your question, what, what I would like to see change is I would just like to see, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know, because it's funny. Cause I, like I live in Venice and I mean, you're in Venice, right? Yeah. Well, actually I'm in Culver city. I was in Venice. I was in Venice for, we, we flip-flopped. You were in Culver. And yeah. Well, you know, so you, I mean, I don't, I don't have to tell you this, but like, it's a pretty wild, I mean, Venice particularly, it's a pretty wild place to live as far as there's violence. There's just, there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's, it's a pretty chaotic, it, it's a peaceful place to live, but it's also pretty chaotic at yeah. times. Um, I used to live right on the boardwalk and I've seen people get just decked out, people 
you know, guys shitting in the streets, needles in their arm. Like there's, there's a lot of weird shit that happens uh, on the boardwalk for sure. And there's a lot of beautiful stuff, but sorry, continue. I interrupted. No, you're right. I'm, well, I'm glad you said that. Cause I don't think I was going to get into it too deep like that, <laughs> but you, for people that aren't aware, like, yeah, Mark does, Mark did a very good job there of explaining, you know? And so it's, it's a place that can kind of be, it's a, it's a great place to live, but it can kind of be like nerve wracking sometimes. And I, and I, what I hope is that out of this quarantine and I, and I say that because I'm sure there's lots of other places people are currently living in that can, they can draw parallels to Venice and how it can kind of be a little crazy at times. Um, and there's violence everywhere, obviously, but I think I would just like to see a, a, a more peaceful, a more peaceful just just way in people like a more more appreciation for the little things and and and, and, a, and a a greater gratitude for not taking things for for granted like saying hi to somebody and and I saw like a tweet like you know I'm gonna hug every person I see when I get out of this or I'm gonna make eye contact and I think I think um, those little things are some of the most important things that we take for granted and, and some of the biggest things we take for granted, I should say. So maybe, maybe I haven't really thought about that to be honest with you, but I think maybe just off the bat, I think I would like to see people just like embracing others more often. You know, I think we, I think we, we tend to walk around with our heads down in our, in our phones and we tend, even if our heads aren't down, we tend to just not acknowledge other people because we think our agenda is more important or we're in a rush to get somewhere. So I think I'd like to see more of just a an ease with like our society and in in, in a and just like a, 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 a more of an attraction to to connect with others and in in a in a sense of like um, intrigue to want to find out how someone else is doing and want to ask those questions mm-hmm. and you know I think it's easy just to not do it because you don't want to you don't want to branch out. Like if you're on the subway, for example, you don't want to, you don't want to like talk to the guy next to you. Cause you just, you'd rather look at your phone or you feel like you might say something stupid or that guy might not respond to what you're saying. So I think we let fear get in our, in the way of us so much. So, so maybe it's just like learning to not take those little interactions we have with people for granted and, and, and to embrace them more and just to see how special they really are. Because I mean, we're all in isolation right now. So I, I would hope that some people are, are, treating this time as, as a way to like reflect on those little moments of, of just like sending love to someone that you don't know. Um, I don't know that that comes off, off the brain immediately, but there's probably, there's definitely more to that. I just need to think about it. <laughs> well, I think I no, I mean, it's beautiful. I think, it, you know, we, I don't share questions beforehand. They kind of just flow. So, you know, I, I think that off the top, that was a great answer. And they, I believe what you're getting at is back to that perspective shift towards gratitude, towards an understanding that we are all interconnected. I mean, what better evidence of that than the fact that, you know, me breathing next to you can give you a virus and vice versa. Like we are, we are so interconnected. So let's treat our neighbors with, with that level of love and respect. I have two questions I wanted to ask from that. The first one, um, was kind of what what practices do you have to to cultivate and strengthen your your gratitude muscle if any because you might just there's a lot of people out there that are just inherently you know positive and optimistic and grateful uh 
you know, what, what do you do to, to strengthen that appreciation? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, like many, I'm sure it's, it's, it's meditation. Um, I think, I think that is able in the morning or I, I need to start doing it, uh, at night as well before, before going to bed, but I, I try and do it every morning. Um, and even if I'm not being told, even if the, the teacher who I'm speaking, who, who is speaking to me is not telling me to be grateful, a sense of gratitude arises naturally. I think that's what's so powerful about meditation is it brings to the surface things that aren't even being asked of you. That's such a special thing. And I think for people who haven't tried meditation, I think it's such a beautiful like way to awaken to things that you didn't realize needed to be woken up. Um, so for me, one of those things is gratitude. So when I'm in meditation, I naturally start to just appreciate the house that I'm sitting in while I'm meditating, the couch that I'm on, you know, even if my dog comes in and sniffs me, I'm like, I'm grateful for my dog. Like my, he might be interrupting a little bit, but like, <laughs> I, I, I feel a sense of love and, you know, and if my wife's in the background making noise, like coffee or something like I, I, I have gratitude for her. So it's, it's really funny how if you can just sit peacefully, close your eyes and just, tr- and just center yourself, you you naturally appreciate everything you have. Um, and so meditation for me is really, is really a, a, a big tool. I would love to find more tools, but for now it's really just been mm-hmm. that 30 minutes I get to spend with myself in the day. And are you, are you sitting in kind of like a Vipassana where it's, it's just observing the thoughts? Do you have a mantra? You know, how, how, how are you practicing? Are you listening to an app? I'm listening to, I'm listening to Sam Harris's waking uh, up. App. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For anyone that's not familiar, I highly recommend that app. Um, um, yeah. So listen to an app, but I, I actually need to get more just familiar with Vipassana, like you said, is, and that's just the practice of observing thought, like you said. Is that correct? Yeah. So Vipassana is just kind of sitting and observing. So it's it's moving into the space of the observer and allowing, as you described so beautifully, these kind of emergent emotions and sensations. So you have your physical body, sensations rising from that. You have your emotional body and sensations rising from that. You might not even know where they come from. You might just feel randomly like a tinge of anger your blood gets hot, you know, your hands start sweating. You're like, what's that? Oh, that's anger. Um, and then, you know, your thoughts go by, like people have described like clouds through the sky. You're just watching your thoughts. That's a, that's a Vipassana. Um, there's, you know, there's so many incredible tools out there and so many practitioners that are coming out of the woodwork during this time to offer virtual lessons. Uh, I, I, I have to flex my gratitude muscle at times. So, as I mentioned, one way I do that is through this little abundance notebook that I carry where I constantly am just writing down good things that happen to me and always trying to fill that up every day. The other is simply sitting quietly and repeating, I am grateful for, and then filling in the blank is an other incredible tool for cultivating gratitude. Because when you're in that state of gratitude, even if it's a little bit forced, as you get into it, you realize, one, you have so many things to be grateful for. And then two, it's actually physiologically impossible for you to be feeling true gratitude at the same time that you're feeling angst and anxiety and fear. So that's really powerful. And then to your point on like recognizing everyone around you is, and, and acknowledging them and being present with them. There's also meditations that cultivate empathy 
Um, there's the metta meditation in Buddhism, which is the meditation for loving awareness, loving kindness or compassion. And this is a meditation where you can actually visualize a stranger or visualize someone that's you quote unquote, your enemy or giving you a hard time, visualize someone close to you that you love, visualize yourself and send yourself love through a mantra. Like may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be free from suffering, may you be at peace. I think I'm Sam has good. actually, Sam's uh, in, 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 yeah, the, in the he, course, he I've done meta. that a few times. He does yeah. a meta meditation uh, and Sam's like the OG. Yeah. He's, he's a genius. He's, he's crazy. He's such uh, a genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I actually applied to be his, uh, he, he put out an application like two and a half years ago to have a manager for the podcast and I applied and I got to like the last round and had to do like a, a video interview and man, I didn't make it. It's okay. C'est la vie. It's how things are meant to be. Well, do you know what's you know what's crazy, man? Is is again just how the universe works? <clears throat> is that yesterday, <clears throat> later on the evening, I was doing a um, a uh, media training session. So with with so for those who aren't familiar, oftentimes record labels will have their artists do like a little two hour course with with someone via Zoom mm. to learn how to speak about their album and the, and the, and what they're, you know, what they're promoting and stuff. And, and for me, oh, someone super interesting. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. And for me, if someone who rambles a lot, it's, 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 it's maybe nice to know when to like dial that back at times. Dude, you're, you're preaching in the choir over here. As you can see, I go on long, long winded rants. <laughs> I'm the same person. So I love it. So yeah, yeah. but I, I, I bring this, I bring this up because the woman who I was, I was speaking with and who was, who was, conducting the the um teaching her name's tracy tracy pepper and she i mentioned she's a very um she's actually a life coach in a in, in a in a pretty well i didn't realize but a pretty like a spiritual figure like a pretty a pretty powerful uh <clears throat> i don't know she has a pretty it, from from speaking with her like her you could tell she just has this like very natural awareness of of everything and, and it was really inspiring anyways we were talking and I got to find out that her boyfriend in the fifth grade was Sam Harris. And I was, and, and we got to talk about, and, and that, and so that finding that out opened up my comfort zone of being able to share my experiences recently with meditation and spirituality and stuff. And, 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 and it just was such a funny way to get us both our feet in the door into wanting to talk about that stuff. And so we ended up spending the next like 45 minutes of that session just speaking about what what you and I are speaking about now it had nothing to do with how to talk about songs and, and a product, you know, it was, it was just about like this human interaction we were having. And so I think it's, I don't know. It's just so, it's so funny how the universe will be like, you know what? I had a bit, I had a better plan for you. Like I'm going to put you in this direction instead of what you thought you were going to do. And meanwhile, like in a way it prepped you because here we are talking about, you know, spirit. hundred percent, hundred percent. Isn't it? It's the craziest thing. You mentioned meta, meta practice. I think is meta, correct? Yeah, met, yeah, meta, meta, and um, and and I can remember Sam, in, in in one of his lessons, he was having, you know, I'll say having me, but you know, having everyone listening, um, you know, envision somebody in their mind who they care for, and to actively wish them love and happiness, and and and, and it wasn't about you; it was about sending that person, you know, something special. And through doing that, I've realized how much that brings me um, and helping 
I, I, I think that's actually really circling back to what I was saying about it's so important to just service. Like treat, yeah, service and treating, for me at least, music as a way to service people. I think I'm, I'm realizing that helping others is, is one of the best ways for me to feel joy and, and gratitude and stuff. So for anyone listening, I do, I really do think that you would, I think we underestimate how powerful it is to help someone else because what you do to, I'm reading also Eckhart Tolle's power of now. And, and I'm, I'm, I was reading the other day how what we do to others is exactly what we receive. So it's, it's like, if you're nice to someone, you're, you're going to receive that as well. And I think we forget that it's such a powerful thing. I think to re- to remember is that what we send out is also what we receive kind of like a boomerang. You know, it's like, if I'm, if I'm mean to you, I'm only going to feel anger inside and that's only going to be a detriment to, to my mind. So it, it, as long as we can feel that and, and remember that what we're giving to others is what we end up receiving as well. Why wouldn't we do that? You know, it's, it's like that old age treat others, how you want to be treated. And I didn't, you taught that as a kid, but like, it's, it's so, it was called the golden rule, you know, when I was growing up, but it's, it, it's a golden rule. Yeah. It's like, it really is. So I think it's from the sermon on the Mount, Um, but it's, uh, you know, like it, it is so powerful. And it's, as you said, you know, sometimes the cliche is the most profound. And so the, nothing is new under the sun. And we all transmute kind of these, these, this ancient wisdom through our own experience. And so we have something unique to say, because we are the only ones that have lived our exact experience in life and can carry these messages so that they will resonate with one specific person or another. Um, but, but as far as the, the wisdom, it's, it's available to all of us and it's there and it's a constant reminder, um, for us on, on how we can improve our lives. You know, like I go back to books like seven habits for highly effective people and there's stuff in there that just, it's so simple, but it's powerful and Deepak's teachings. And, you know, he does these 21 day free abundance meditations, which I recommend to anyone listening to go sign up for Deepak Chopra and Oprah's sessions and, these teachings are available and, and, and as a human, a human being, I need constant reminder of that ancient wisdom. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on something you said as well, because you talked, you know, the, when the show started, it was about social media and engagement and mental health and whatnot. You mentioned kind of being on the subway and being on your phone. And I'm curious, like as an artist, you have to do a lot of social media work, right? Like you you're you're managing your accounts yourself i guess maybe you have some support but you know how do you balance that constantly needing to be available to your fans in service to your fans with like i need some space for myself and and some time as you're about to enter this like media blitz for your new album i'd be curious to know how you're feeling about that yeah that's such a that's such a good question. I think I'm still, I think I'm still figuring it out. I don't know if I have an actual solution for it at the moment of, of, of how to balance it that time properly, but you're right. It's like, as an artist, my job is to give everyone myself at all. You know, when I, when I want to, you know, further my career, it really, it's, it's asking of me to give something of me to someone else. And so, I think it's easy as an artist. I think you see these are a lot of musicians, you know, committing suicide and you have these crazy stories of musicians becoming, I, I don't even want to say musicians. I'll say artists 
mm-hmm. artists becoming drug addicts and dependent upon alcohol and, 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 um, and yeah, some, some have taken their lives. Some of the, some of the most creative people of all time have, have killed themselves. And, and you think, why is that? And I think it's because you're always so in your own head about yourself and how it reflects to others. Um, and, and, and the ego is such a powerful thing. And I think it can take over. And so with me, I'm really trying to treat social media as a tool for, you know, getting my message out there to people. But like you said, also realizing that it's not the, it's not something I depend on. Um, it's there when I, when I want it, when I want to use it, but that I can lean back on myself and not look at my phone and just be present and just, and just be, just be a being. Um, that's much more profound than, than tweeting something, you know? Um, so I think I'm, I'm still working on that, but I think I'm trying to start using. But you also have to communicate, you also have to communicate with your fans, right? Like they, they expect that of you. Right. I know it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And I think it's, I, I, I think it's my responsibility. I really do to be there for, for the, for, for the people that have been brave enough to put their guard down and reach out to me. I think I have to reciprocate that with my 100% attention as well. That naturally will sometimes not be there all the, you know, obviously I'll be doing something and maybe my day will be hectic and I can't get to every message, but as an artist and as someone who is, is, is willing to send a message out into the world, you can't help but expect that there's going to be someone on the other end of that really taking it to heart and, and, and impacted by it. So I think, I think it's my responsibility to be there for as many people as possible. Um, but still not beat myself up about it and, 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 and give myself compassion and have self love for myself and not to expect myself to be Clark Kent every day, you know, and be able to respond to everybody because that's just not possible. So it is, it's, it's, and again, I, I said this before, but I'm still trying to figure out that kind of like yin and yang of this is like that balance of how do I facilitate people's questions and their concerns and the things they're going through, but also have time to, to do that for myself. Um, but through doing that, I think it's a really, it's a really beautiful like exercise because it, it gives you, it reminds me of how important it is to not only care for others, but care for myself. And I think a lot of times we, as people, we, don't, we forget that self-care is, arguably the most important other before, before helping someone, I think you need to like have yourself in tune and, and have yourself like in a, in a good spot. So it's, it's the, it's the yin and yang of, of being of service to others and taking care of yourself. And it's the most beautiful when you can do both kind of through the same action, but sometimes we need to draw inward. So, you know, you have the classic, put your oxygen mask on first analogy uh, I think, you know, it's funny, that came, that came right to my mind when I, that's so funny. You said that when I was speaking, I was like, I feel like I'm on an airplane all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, vi- we're vibing, man. I feel like you've said some things that have been popping into my head as we've been going. Um, I want to be mindful of time. I've got just like a couple of other quick questions. Like what, what messaging are you receiving from, from the labels, from the publishers, from, you know, the touring companies about, what's next for the broader music industry? 
um, or for just your set, like yourself, which is likely what they're messaging to other artists as well. Yeah. Well, through, you know, it's not like, it's, it's funny you ask that because I think some people do have this idea that, you know, labels are telling us like, okay, like, or, or touring companies or whatever are, are being like, okay, you need to sit on the couch and you're not going to play a show till this date. And, and to a certain extent that is correct because I've seen articles I've been doing as you, I've, cause I've seen your videos obviously. And I've, I've seen that you do your fair research on, on this pandemic and stuff. And same with me, as far as the touring side of this business, I, I love to do research on when we think things will be back to normal as far as concerts go and mass gatherings. But um, at the moment I've, I've seen things that, I've seen articles published that say like touring isn't going to be in full effect till the fall of 2021. Um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic it'll be before that, but again, who's to say, um, I think the, the overall message though, to, to get to your question from, from like these giant organizations and these companies is, is, is it's kind of of uncertainty because I think, you know, they're not, the doctors and the scientists figuring this out they're they're just they're they're kind of similar to us we're just kind of waiting for that higher order to give us some sort of direction so i think it's interesting to be in this business because for me i'll even go to jesse sometimes my manager and be like all right dude when's <laughs> when our show is going to be back to normal and but but realize that he's just another guy who has none of these answers and so well, to that to that point, you mentioned like the powers that be and the doctors and and you know epidemic researchers and whatnot, and they don't know because there's not enough data. Like they don't really know. They're they're learning as they're going, right? Like the estimates for deaths in New York City and other places, you know, a month ago versus today are are dramatically different. And part of that is because we quarantined to to stop the curve, but also you know who knows? We're discovering that 30 percent 30, of or 20 to 30% of New Yorkers have it, um, have antibodies. So in general, I think that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like nobody knows, but I was curious kind of what, what you're like, what information you're receiving as an artist and, and what your take is. My, my take on it. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the information that I'm receiving is, is, is pretty much all the, inf it's information that's accessible to everyone else who wants to know about it. Um, as far as like, you know, for example, I, I do my tours with Live Nation and I think Live Nation, I think they released a statement recently just about projections. I think they were the ones that spoke about 2021 touring and how that's probably going to be the next time that we see concerts happening. Um, but, but I, I think it's, it's our, it's our duty as, 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 as just like humans on earth to not rack our brains. And this parallels with with the whole theme of this conversation yes. is, is not get too crazy into when things are going to get back to normal and not get too swept up into the analytics of everything and the science of it all. And, and, and similarly with how the universe works and how, how God works and stuff. It's, it's like, I, it's comforting to know that it's not of our, capabilities to understand what's going on you know it's past our it's past our comprehension so i think um that in a weird way as a musician as someone who wants to get back on the road 
it gives me peace to know that it's not my responsibility mm-hmm. to crunch the numbers and find out when it, when, it, when I can get back, you know? Um, and that's not to say I'm pawning the problem off to someone else, but Jesse get to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's more like, it's more like, you know, it's, it's just, ha- it's having comfort in that God in the universe or however you interpret that term is in control of this and to give it, give it to, give it to that being to, to figure it out. Uh, it's so on point. I mean, my coach, Aaron Rose, who was on the show, like, you know, part of some of the integrations is just like, can we give our, you know, can we give our fears, our anxieties, can we like offer them to universe, to source, to whoever, like take these from me, you know, like I, I don't have the answers. And I, you know, almost as like, like a sacrifice of, of these feelings and this desire to know, just let go of it. I think that's really cool. I want to ask, I want to ask about one more thing and then I'm going to let you go. Um, what about this Travis Scott? Like, what about virtual concerts? What about, you know, the metaverse and 3D worlds and all this shit? Like, what's, what are you seeing on that front? And like, do you think that that's possibly like the future of, of music? What is, well, really quick, what is Travis, what is he doing? Was it Travis Scott that did the, like, that did the Fortnite concert or was it someone else? No, no, you're right. It was Travis Scott. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he had like 12 million people come come on his like this like virtual experience on Fortnite. It looked trippy and dystopian as all you know hell basically. But it was, but it was it's kind of cool. You know, I love sci-fi. So yeah, no, I saw a clip of that actually. It was I didn't and I didn't really know what it was, but now that you're saying it, yeah, you're right. It was like this virtual. But I also think Chelsea, Chelsea, and Jeremy did uh, room service. You know, recently, which was. Hosted by the the Andy King, dude. I think uh, I think you, you're. I'm seeing. I think we are. I should say we are. We're all seeing it already. That there's you know, there's a lot of these. these there's a lot of these virtual festivals happening, and there's these um, you know these companies extending opportunities for musicians to play um, little sets to release to the public, and and you know money is being donated in in, in those efforts, and it's it's really cool. Um, I, I think. I think that is going to be more popular this year. I don't see that slowing down. As long as there's not real concerts, I don't see the virtual concerts slowing down because people need that itch to be scratched, you know, that mm-hmm. of, of, of receiving music, no matter. And I think people will, will kind of take it as any way they can, if it's not going to be the real thing, like at a concert. So, um, I think this is a great and really innovative way. I think we're starting to see just in general, just like the, the like power of like human minds and how innovative we really can become in this time. I mean, it's Mm. just, it's not just music, it's everything and how we can, instead of fighting, like, obviously we want to fight against this, this virus, but how can we like dance and flow with it and make it a part of our life instead of neglecting it and, and, and trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really cool. It's cool to see people in my industry coming up with these ideas that at the end of the day, they're still bringing people together. And yeah, we might be on chats and we're messaging others and we're not really in personal space, but like, I think it's really cool that 
there's still a way for us all to be together in this. And, and whether that's a live stream of someone singing or Travis Scott's Fortnite thing, you know, it's. You have anything up your sleeve in this, in this virtual world for the album drop? I, if we not, have, let's get it going, man. Let's, let's do it. It sounds like fun. I need to, we have a few ideas brewing, I guess you could say. You've been doing a, a show, like a quarantine show, like a little pop-up. I have a thing called Quarantine Green, which is, which is an interactive game show. I saw, a co- I saw a couple of them. They're so yeah. funny, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I know, yeah, as you said, people kind of just creative solutions coming up everywhere. So what's Quarantine Green? Yep. So it's, it's literally, we're filming another episode today, actually. It's, it's just, we, we go on Instagram and I, uh, you know, when you go on Instagram live, you can, people can requ- request to be in your in your chat they yeah. can request to talk to you and so yeah, when i'm doing some breath works yeah okay great yeah so uh, what i do is i just ask um we get three contestants and we just select random people and we ask them 10 questions and we have like the questions on my tv on airplay and it's it's, a, it's like a real little game show set like my living room has turned into a little game show oh that's amazing yeah i know we ask them 10 questions and you can win up to 92 dollars so 92 90 dollars and we we uh, obviously pay the pay whoever wins all that money, and then we actually match that and donate it to a COVID nineteen uh, relief fund. And so, um, awesome. it's just a cool, yeah, it's a cool way to you know, kind of get across my silliness to people and show them that I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm, yeah, just being a goofball, you know, an idiot, yeah, exactly, and just, and just be an ass of myself. But I think I, I enjoy, <laughs> I, I enjoy it, yeah. Again, but again, dude, it goes back, it goes back to, I feel like this theme of service and just like, I love being able to just, you know, make someone smile. Yeah. And just, if I can look, if I can give them 20 bucks via a virtual game show, that's not too monumental, but it, it, it's that, it's that offering that is so impactful and that it's a priceless thing. I just like, I just, I totally forgot about HQ trivia. Like what happened to that? This was inspired by HQ. Yeah, did that thing just go away? Like it was so hot for a minute. Everybody thought it was going to be the future of of everything. I don't know how that is not back in in business during this time. I'm gonna look it up after this. It's insane. Yeah, I remember being at dinner with my parents and like being like, "Guys, I can't talk. I got to play HQ." And it, yeah, it was a, to get like real money for a few months. There, it was wild. We don't, uh, we don't have the HQ budget right sure now. I, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I applied for a job at that place as well. After fire, I was applying to jobs all over the place, man. It wasn't, wasn't working. Um, but it's all going to work out in the end. Um, bef- so before you go, I want to like, did, did Jesse tell you that I can beatbox? <laughs> no, he did not. Wait, this was not. This is also not planned for anyone. No, this was not planned. But are you are you down to like drop a couple lines from from the album or what? We don't have to if you don't want to. I'm trying to think. Is it gonna I'm putting okay, you okay. on the spot? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm not stalling because I'm not interested because I am. But is it going to lag on our end? Like, is it gonna be in sync? Uh, Sam, Sam, you, you can put this in sync and we'll cut it if it's, if it's not in sync. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. This- <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Ready? Ready? Right, tell me if this beat is off, by the way. This is the first, it's been a long do time. Do you want me, do you want me, cause there's no rapping on the album. It's all singing. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 It's all, it's all, it's all singing. 
It's not, it's not, it's not rapping. What the fuck? Why? I'm the worst. How come I didn't know that? Was your last album all singing? For the most part, yeah. I mean, there's no there's, stop it. There's bits. There's bits of of, uh, of hip hop in there. Yeah. Oh, the worst. Okay. Well, maybe we can cut this whole section out then, or we can keep it. It's all good. I I care about the human. You know, like that's what I'm here for. Okay. Fine. 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 Then if you're ra- if you're singing, then you know, beatboxing. We'll just let it. We'll let it. We'll let it slide. And I think we should keep this in as well because it's actually really funny. If you're if you're cool with that, but maybe I'll I'll do I'll do my beatbox for for the lookup listeners another time. Okay. Yeah, I need because I need to hear that, dude. I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, well, we could do it. We could do it right now. Fuck it. Here we go. Let's do it. I'm not just saying that some because some people I'll meet some people that say they can beatbox and it's just like <laughs> so thing. bad that was pretty that was, I mean that was, it was better when I was younger <laughs> that, was, that was genuinely good that was genuinely good oh man we, we used to we used to literally stand in circles for like two hours every Friday night just beatboxing Dude, so and freestyling. my friends and I my friends and I freestyling that is still our favorite thing to do is get drunk and literally just rap and be idiots. But it's it's the most It's the most fun because you just get in that flow and you just let just let shit go, man. It's unbelievable. Well when I'm back in Venice, I'll come through and we can do some freestyling together. I was gonna say, man, yeah, yeah. I'll have to get you over to the house and record something. (laughs) Awesome. Well, dude Mike, thanks so much for coming on. I honestly I'm just like inspired by your by your perspective by the positivity and optimism that you bring into everything that you do. And I'm so grateful that the folks listening will get to feel that and hear that and that your community and and your fans will be able to kind of tap into, you know, who you are and what you represent outside of even the art that you create. So thank you, dude. That really means a lot to me. Thank you. And thank, and thank you for giving me the, the chance to speak on it. Cause I feel like I probably wouldn't have a, there's, there's not many for a musician. There's not many outlets like this that I would normally do where I can just kind of speak my mind and, and show people this is like a side of me. So I appreciate you having me on and, and also dude, just thanks for being brave about, cause I think, I think people underestimate just like there takes courage to, to be able to speak on this stuff and, and, and show others that you're comfortable enough to, because I think, I think you and I and, and others who, think similar like this can can easily be kind of labeled as that that term kind of like nutty or like (laughs) i think i think i think something about like spiritual speaking freaks Mm -hmm. people out Mm -hmm. and when you really just when you break it down to brass tacks and realize it's just about presence and, and stillness it's such not an intimidating conversation and i think as as long as we have people like you who are using outlets to to share that and show people it's, it doesn't have to be this crazy guru. Woo woo. Yeah. Woo woo that no one, that no one's ever going to be able to understand, you know, like I think it's so, it's just very important to, to keep, keep that conversation going. So dude, thank you for doing what you're doing. I appreciate I'm, I'm a fan and I check it out all the time. So this was cool just to be a part of. 
Thank you, brother. If there's one thing you want to leave the fans with before we go, one last thought, um, anything at all, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to selfishly plug myself for a second. Yes, that's what that's what this time is for. <laughs> and, just, uh, and there's a song coming out, new song coming out. Uh, what what's Friday? What date is Friday? Friday is is May first. Good question. When will this air? So I'm kind of caught up on episodes. I've got um, I'm releasing one ahead of you. This will air in. Oh, in exactly two weeks. Okay, great. So if you're listening to this, there's already a song out called Coffee that I put out featuring Marky Basie, and it's a great, I don't know, just a great little start to, to this album rollout that I'm doing. And then my album's coming July 10th. So if you're, if, you, if you're a fan, and even if you don't even know who I am and you want to check out what, what music, I like the stuff we've talked about, please yes. go ahead and check it out. Um, and it's singing it's not rapping <laughs> this is this is i think you're giving me motivation to now make a strictly hip-hop album back, back oh, ridiculous, just bars. but i would say i would say also too before i go not because i don't want to end on just a plug but you know i would just say that if this is something if this conversation that you know mark and i have had is something that is inspiring to you i would really just like take that instinct and that feeling to heart and and pursue pursue looking at it more because because i can say from experience it's just it really has helped me so much and i think it's really i think now more than ever we live in a world that's just so hectic and i think as long as you can despite everything going on outside of our our control um if you can if you can have control of how you feel there's nothing more that you really need. And, and like I said earlier, I think the world will give you what you seek of it as long as you look at it in the way that you want to. So yeah, just don't underestimate the power of all this stuff. And, and if it's something you're into, if it's something that is, sounds interesting, please go ahead and check it out. Yeah, go deeper. Yeah, go Thank deeper, you. yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for coming on and I'll see you soon. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, let's let's hang out after. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally down. All right. Hello, Lookup listeners. One final note before we go. Thank you again for tuning in. Going forward, we'll be releasing new episodes of Lookup every Wednesday morning, Eastern Time. If you're getting value from this podcast and you want to give back to support our future, please take a moment to contribute to our community on Patreon. Our Patreon contributors have access to some great additional perks, including one-on-one meditations with yours truly. I've shared the link in the show notes below the episode. You can also find the show notes to this and previous episodes on our website, www.thelookuppodcast.com. If you can't contribute at this time, there are other helpful ways to give back. You can share this episode on social media, tag me, and or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Trust me, every review goes a long way. If you want more content, including more of my personal thoughts, you can follow me on social media. My handle on both Instagram and Twitter is at Wark Meinstein, W-A-R-C-M-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N, or you can subscribe to the Lookup Weekly Newsletter on my website. 
I'm also very responsive to email, so feel free to send questions, booking inquiries, speaking requests, and sponsorship opportunities to marc at thelookuppodcast.com. Finally, for those of you that don't know, I lead virtual yoga, breathwork, and meditation classes, as well as one-on-one coaching and teaching sessions, which you can book from the website or my social media accounts. Thank you to Sam Palumbo and Patch Kid Music for the great intro and outro tunes and for the sound engineering. Thank you, brother. And thank you to all of you listeners for continuing to support the show, for tuning in. And I hope that you've been enjoying this journey as much as I have. 